Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe Gaona with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And we're here to intellectually think about your worldview and does it make sense as we weigh out truth, facts, history, archaeology, and the reality that we live in. And does it make sense, the worldview that you have chosen to live by, and we can see that by your attitude, by your character, by the words that come out of your mouth. But today we're going to be talking and our conversation will be about Black Lives Matter I believe this is the last part, part four, and we're talking about defunding police with Black Lives Matter. Now, when you went up to their website, one of the, they, they, they gather with many people, they do work with many groups, and one of the groups they do work with, it says, we, we are the abolish, we are the abolitionists, we want to abolish uh, we are an abolitionist movement for Black Lives Matter, M for Black Lives. And it says there in the description, we believe that prisons, police, and all other institutions that inflict violence on black people must be abolished and replaced by in- institutions that value and affirm the flourishing of black lives. So I want to, first of all, talk about when they say inflict violence on black people, what is the definition of that? From what I'm hearing, the definition isn't just about violence on black people, but it's arresting them. It's taking them to prison. It's when they break the law to bring them into uh, prison, no matter what, that they want to abolish those types of things. They want to make it so they can do something else, that they can learn from their mistakes, that they can have uh, the, the, the psychiatrists, uh, that they can have the government come in and begin to teach them other things. But I want to talk about this defending black, uh, de- defunding the police. Now, God has always set a standard for justice, judgment, and a system for governors to keep the city safe. And so I want to go back to the very beginning. And so we can see the character of God as he begins in the very early history of mankind. We know that Cain had a brother named Abel, and he was so uh, upset and greedy and selfish and so uh, mad at Abel, it says that he actually murdered him. And it was the first time that we had spilt blood on the ground. And this is what it says in Genesis 4, that the Lord said, What have you done, Cain? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. 
Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work on the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you, and you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And so we see that God places a justice, a judgment call on Cain for murdering his brother. If we go up into Moses when he took the Egyptians out of Egypt, it was here that we first get the civil law that God brings down to the Israelites. And I want you to listen to some of the laws that God had for them in a very primitive age, a very primitive day when they took the law a lot of times into their own hands. And here we find in Exodus 21, most of these scriptures But listen to this. It says this, anyone who strikes a person with a fatal blow is to be put to death. So right away we get capital punishment going on. Anyone who attacks their father or mother is to be put to death. Anyone who kidnaps someone. So if you become a man stealer, if you steal someone for slavery and you go and sell them, it says here, anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death whether that victim has been sold or is still in the kidnapper's possession. He's to be put to death. If there is a quarrel and one person is hit, uh, hits another with a stone or with their fists and the victim does not die, but is confined to bed. The one who struck the blow will not be held liable. If the other can get up and walk around outside with the staff. However, if we stop there, it would look bad. It would look like, okay, so he beat him up enough to not kill him, but he got up and walked around, so that's okay. No, he continues with this verse. However, the guilty party must pay the injured person for any loss of time and see that that victim is completely healed. If people are fighting and they hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offenders must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the and whatever the court allows. And so we see here that there are judges that God put in those days in every city. And these judges would judge the court system and judge the violence that was going on, the criminal actions, and they would have to pay a price for the criminal acts they'd done not only against the judicial system, but against their neighbor. And the last verse on Exodus, I want to give of the civil law, it says here, but if there is a serious injury, you are to take a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, and a foot for a foot, burn for a burn, wound for wound, and a bruise for a bruise. So you get the picture, right? The tooth for a tooth. Um, And so we see this in the Old Testament. And now we come into the first century of the Roman Empire, and here Jesus is walking as a historical figure, and they begin to ask him questions, the religious rulers, the, the, the Jews leaders, the Jewish leaders of the time. And they say to Jesus, shall we pay or shall we not pay? Shall we pay Caesar or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, so Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see this. They said to him, they they said to him, Caesar's, uh, 
Caesar is the is the inscription of this denarius. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are due to Caesar, and to God the things that are due to God. And they marveled at him. Here Jesus was amplifying something. He said, when you're in this world, you give the authorities due to whatever's due unto them because the image of their coin says that they are the owners of this state, of this country. But the image that you have as, a, as an image bearer is of God. God created you. And so you give due to what is God because you are made in his image. And so when we talk about the Old Testament and, and into the first century, we know that God always brought judgment to the people and how they are to pay for their taxes. How are they to listen to the governments? And if they do uh, criminal acts, that they're to pay a judgment, a justice system that to pay that crime off. And we know that they're, uh, if we look at Jesus in his life, think I want you to think about this. I, I got this from a guy who wrote this. His name is Eric Davis. And he's writing about Black Lives Matter. And he wrote this article. And this is what he says about the Lord Jesus. It says, the Lord Jesus Christ was a recipient of colossal injustice at the hands of law enforcement. He was the object of the most unjust and corrupt uh, uh, arrest, trial, and execution in world history. Prior to his crucifixion, Jesus was the object of extraordinary police brutality. False witnesses were used to convict him. After his arrest, he was stripped naked, humiliated, mocked, spit on, punched, beaten, and scourged by an angry mob of law enforcement. Then they paraded him, carrying his own cross before a mob, during which he collapsed in the street from his injuries. Finally, they laid him on the cross nailed him to it, raised it up for all to see their law enforcement and other officials, excuse me, continue to mock him as he suffered the most horrific and humiliating death. Yet when we think about Jesus, never did he say, let's riot, or never did he say, let's overtake the city and burn it down. No, Jesus didn't call on the people to revolt against the government system. So the question comes to mind, how does Jesus respond to this conflict? And how do the apostles respond to this conflict? And also, was it according to Scripture how they responded to it? Now, we can look at the system back then when when Jesus first resurrected, resurrected from the dead, we find that the first murder took place. So Jesus died around 33 AD. Two years later, we find that Stephen, one of the Christians, were murdered. And here we are at the time of a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So we see the Christian, the church, being scattered as persecution began to hit them. Also, we know that James in 42 AD was beheaded by Herod Agrippa I. And it was during this time that 
James, the brother of John, was uh, martyred with a sword. And still we see persecution in the church. We're coming back to the second part as we continue talking about defunding the police with Black Lives Matter. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Join Creation Fellowship's Antees Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. First Peter verse 3 chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship Santee's brand name apologetic speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship Santee or email Santee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. doing so we're coming back in the second half of throughout all ages 1530 apologetics and we're talking about black lives matter and defunding the police we have gone through the history of the church from the beginning of genesis and now we're at about 42 a.d so about 10 15 years has gone by james The brother of John was beheaded by Herod Agrippa. It tells us that in Acts 12. And we find about 64 AD. So now 30 years have gone by. Persecution is still hitting the church. And while persecution, wild persecution, wild, I mean wild as in W-I-L-D, that we find that the apostles were writing scripture down. And they were telling us how to act when these things were coming about. Now we know in 64 AD that Nero's uh, Nero, they say was fiddling the fiddle as Rome was burning down. So 10 of the 14 uh, theaters were burnt down. The people began to blame Nero. And we find that Nero now begins to blame the church because the Romans, The Greeks, they couldn't understand the Christians. Why is it that the Christians uh, believed in only one God? Do you realize that it was the Christians who were first called atheists? And they called them atheists because they only believed in one God and they didn't believe in many gods. They didn't like the Christians because the Christians helped the poor. Uh, Infanticide was very largely uh, done back then where they would take babies and just lay them out on the streets, on the side of the roads, on the side of the mountains. And it was the Christians who began to gather these babies and feed them and take care of them. And then they had their communion where they would remember their Lord, their King and Savior, 
And they would, in remembrance, they would take his body and his blood and they would drink and eat it. And of course, these were symbols of the bread and the juice that they would take, remembering what Jesus had done for them. But they thought they were actually practicing cannibalism. And so they didn't like the Christian church. And so Nero found it a good time as Rome burnt down to the ground to begin to blame it on them. And we find uh, Tacitus, a historian, uh, writing about this stuff. And it says this, that Nero persecution was intense as he played the fiddle as Rome burned down. And as Tacitus wrote about this, he says, Tacitus claims that Nero tried to shift the blame to the unpopular Christians through other sources that their persecution may have been unconnected to the fire. It is not clear exactly why many Romans so detested the new believers. But we know this, that as Nero began to blame the Christians, it goes on to say with Tacitus, the historian, a vast multitude of Christians were convicted, not so much for the crime of burning the city, but for hatred of the human race. And perishing, they were additionally made into sports. They were killed by dogs by having the hides of beasts attached to them. Or they were nailed to the cross or set aflame. And when daylight passed away, they were used as nighttime lamps. They would put tar on them, stick them up on the stake, these Christians, and have them be burned down. And Nero gave his own gardens for this spectacle and performed a circus games with many Christians at the time. It's even during this time that the decapitation of Paul's head and the crucifixion of Peter. And so this was around 64, 65 AD. So we see from the beginning uh, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the persecution to the church was extreme for over 300 years This happened until Constantine. And yet we find in the writings of Peter, chapter 2, verse 13, during all this time, this is the context, that during all this persecution that was going on, we find Peter telling us, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of, of evildoers, and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that, that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of the foolish men. So we can reform the police when we look at Scripture and the prisons. We can reform police and prisons, but we cannot abolish them. Prisons' primary goal is not for education and awareness as a lot of the BLM want to do. You begin to say, well, let's give them school and counseling. Well, this is well established in Scripture that judgment for the crimes against our neighbors requires retribution, penalties. If justice was a matter of education, I want you to think about this. If justice was a matter of education, then we wouldn't need a payment for our sin. You see, every one of us has done criminal acts against God Almighty. And if he would just say, well, it's a matter of just education. It's a matter of just uh, getting learning awareness and getting right with the psychologists or the social workers. 
No, it wasn't a matter of just education. There was a payment to be prayed that to be paid in a justice system. That's what justice is all about. Justice for crimes committed against God. Jesus did not have to pay for these crimes on a cursed cross if it was just needed education. If education was just needed, he wouldn't have to come down and pay a price on the cross. We can go into Romans 13, and I want you to listen to this as we talk about defunding the police or using the prison system, not so much as a judgment system, but using it as awareness, as education. It says in Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the governor authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So again, we find BLM going against the very thing that God appointed in our system was for these governed authorities. God here institutes secular police or soldiers to bring judgment on the evildoer. For he, for those who are uh, police or soldiers or governor authorities, for he is God's minister for you and to do good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for there are God, for they are God's ministers attendantly, continually to this very thing. So render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. And so we see that God establishes a prison system, that God establishes police or soldiers, really a governed authority to watch the evildoers, not only that the wrath that they might pay a price for the for the justice that they've the criminal act that they've done against their neighbors and against the social structure, but also that for conscience sake they might be aware that you can't just live any way you want. You can't just do it any way you want, but you need to obey and give honor to whose honor due and fear to whose fear is due. Now, we do see three references that I want to talk about when we look at the Bible. These three references when it comes to authorities and governors to use the law for your own benefit, if possible, so we can do that. Sometimes in the Christian realm, there are martyrs for Christ. And the other thing is to obey God. And so we look at these three things. The first thing we look at is using the law. We know that when uh, Paul was brought up by the tribune and commanded him to be brought into the barracks, and they ordered him to be examined by scourging to find out why they shouted thus against him. But when they had tied him up with the thongs, so they tied him up with straps to, to scourge him, Paul said to the centurion who was standing there, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? 
You see, because there was a law for Roman citizens, and Paul knew this, so Paul just didn't keep quiet, but he actually used the law for his gain. And it tells us that they were kind of, in fact, in verse 26, it says, when the centurion heard that, he went to the tribune and said, what are you about to do for this man is a Roman citizen? And the tribune answered, did you buy this citizenship? This citizenship for a large sum? And Paul said, no, but I was born a citizen. And so they didn't scourge him because of that, because they he knew that a Roman citizen was granted a variety of rights, the right for a trial, the right to appeal decisions, and the right to remain safe from torture before conviction. We also know of another part when they tried to come after him, and they said, Peter and John, we don't want you to talk about the things of God. We don't want you to talk about the resurrection. And Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for you, from you for a good deed to a helpless man, by what means he has made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And so they said, but we don't want you to talk about the things of God. And Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. That's a take, and this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise.